you have your Bibles, I'll invite you to go ahead and look with me to a portion of Scripture in Revelation chapter number 20. When you find your place in Revelation chapter number 20, I was going to mention too, uh, we've got so many avenues for you to have the Scripture. Uh, you know, we have Bibles in the pews. If you don't bring your own Bible, we, when the technology is working, we put the verses on the screen. And then also uh, in the bulletin, uh, you'll see there's verses uh, listed there. And so you've got several avenues, uh, you know, to have portions of Scripture if you want to look along and follow along. Because I always feel like it's best that you not take my word for it. It's best that you see what God's Word says when we bring the Scriptures and the sermons. In Revelation chapter 20, I really, really, really want to borrow your imagination and your attention today. I don't know what you are facing outside these walls as far as what's going on in your life. I don't know what kind of burdens you carry, but I do know this. In the crowd this size, there's people carrying around some very, very heavy burdens today. That's a given. Job said, man born a woman a few days and full of trouble. Isn't that right, Brother Marvin? And, and how many years you got going, Brother Marvin? How old are you? I've got 87 birthdays. 87 birthdays already behind him. And he told me last week, he said, you know, he said, a uh, man born a woman just a few days and full of trouble. It don't take long for problems to hit us as well. You don't have to get 87 years old to have problems. Problems come. And I'm not necessarily going to try to detect your problem today, whatever burden you have, but I'm going to present to you a very big problem. A very, very big problem that maybe you have right now and maybe you're unaware of. That if you don't get taken care of, it's going to be very bad for you. I want to do that today, and I want to borrow your imagination as you read these scriptures with me. And we're going to paint a picture in our minds of something that's going to take place. And the Word of God is very clear of it. In Revelation chapter 20, if you begin reading with me, you'll see in verse number 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open, and another book was open which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever 
was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now I said we probably all got problems in our lives. And we do because we're human. Some of you today may have a big financial burden that you're carrying around. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet. I'm going to tell you, with the way our economy is and cost of things, I, listen, I understand that. Some of you may have a, a bad family situation going on that nobody has a clue about, and it's, it's a big problem for you, and that, that's bad. I'm not belittling that. But I wouldn't be a preacher worth 10 cents if I didn't tell you the truth today. That those problems that seem very big that you have going on in life, they're very small compared to a problem that I see here in Revelation chapter 20, verse 15. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. You see, that's a problem that if you don't get straightened out now, you just got a glimpse into your future. If you notice, we, this portion of Scripture is what I chose for the message today. There's other, when you study Revelation and you see what it is, it's a revealing of things, okay? And it was revealed to the Apostle John on the island of Patmos who had been exiled. They had tried to kill him and it didn't work. And tradition tells us through history that they had dipped him in boiling oil and he still didn't die. They said, what are we going to do with this guy? So they exiled him to this island of Patmos. And you know what happened while he was there? He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And there's a voice that came to him like a trumpet and spoke to him and revealed some things to him. We don't have time to talk about all the things that John saw in this revelation. But I do want to take a few minutes and give you a glimpse of some things John saw. There's some things that he saw that I want to point out to you today. And let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, as we bow in thy presence, Lord, we come to this time, Lord, where we yield ourselves to you, to the message to the Holy Spirit, Lord, that everything that's said and done today will bring honor and glory to you. I pray that you'll make this place off limits to the devil and the forces of evil that would try to work right now to distract us, to steal our attention away from the word that you have for us. God, I have no doubt in my mind that there is somebody here today that needs this message. I know that because you placed it on my heart. And Lord, as this truth is, is about to be revealed, I pray that the person who needs it today will, will not let this word just pass over them. But Lord, they would hear it, act upon it, make a decision for you before it's everlasting too late. Take this time now, Lord, and may... 
you be glorified in all things. Forgive me where I fail thee, for we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. In these verses that we just read, I want you to get in your mind a picture of a, of a courtroom, if you will. I'm not talking about just a small little side room in a courthouse. I'm talking about a big grand courtroom. There's a judgment day that's taking place. Now these verses that we just read, they speak about a very, very terrible day. When every lost sinner is going to face the Lord in judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? This day has not happened yet. It's a day to come. Every lost sinner will face the Lord in judgment. I want you to understand through the Scriptures that there's not going to be anywhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide from the face of the Lord on that day. There's not going to be any excuses. There's not going to be any claims of ignorance or, or false professions or, or anything like that. Everyone will face Jesus Christ as Lord and Judge, and they will receive a just sentence for their condition. Now, when I read through here, I don't know if you saw, uh, like in verse number 13, it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, and death and hell were delivered up, the dead which were in them. And, and I'm talking about there's nowhere you can go to get away from this day. Now, you know, uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you like a little pet peeve I have right now. Like when you make an appointment, uh, like if you got a dentist appointment or, or uh, you know, an eyeglass doctor appointment, they send you... Fifteen text messages between now and then wanting to confirm your appointment. They'll call and leave voicemails wanting to confirm that appointment. And the thing is, I can, I can you know, re reply yes to confirm this appointment. You know, they start, you know, a few weeks ahead of time. And I, yes, I want that appointment. You know what happens about a week later? I get a message. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you still want this appointment, confirm it. You know. If I made the appointment, unless I cancel it, I'm going to be there. Why do I have to confirm this thing 15 times only to get there and you tell me that the appointment's been canceled because something else happened? Maybe that just is only me. But I, I just is a pet peeve. If I made the appointment, unless I called to cancel it, I'm going to be there. But you know what? Ladies and gentlemen, there is an appointment. It's already confirmed. And you can't cancel it. Preacher, when's this, when's this going to happen? I can't tell you the calendar date. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you if, if it's next week or next year. I can't tell you that, but I do know this. There's coming a time where every lost sinner... Is going to stand before a holy God and they're going to be judged. This, when I talk about being judged, we're talking about, that's why I said picture a courtroom, a grand courtroom, and there's people who are guilty and they're standing before the judge. And he's not just going to tell them, well, hey, you're going to hell. No. They're going to be judged out of some books according to the Scriptures. And the Bible tells us that their works are going to be judged. Now, when I think about this, this judgment, this great 
white throne judgment. That the picture that I get, it's called great. It's a great. That refers to His power. It's a very powerful place. It's the highest court in the universe. It's higher than the Supreme Court of the United States. And by the way, I've lost, if I had any respect for it, I don't have much more for respect for the Supreme Court. I mean, we don't need to live and die by a Supreme Court. You need to live and die by the authority of God's Word. Somebody say amen right there. But there's a, there's a, there's a courtroom that's higher than the, any Supreme Court of the state or, or, or the federal level. You understand what I'm saying? It's a great, powerful place. It's also not only great, but it says white. It's white. What does that mean, preacher? This speaks of the purity. Purity. It's in the purest form of anything can be. We see here a courtroom, the throne of God, a great white throne judgment in the purest form that it could ever be. That white speaks of purity. All human courts, are you listening to me, are tainted by sin. Have you ever spent time watching, uh, years ago, Court TV came out. And I'm talking about years ago. And they would put this, you know, you could actually watch the trials live as they happen. And, and then you could see all the evidence and all these things that would be stacked up against a person. And then the jury come back and find them not guilty. Almost, you, you, there might have been a time where you could actually depend on the legal system to do its job. Uh, I don't know about today. Preacher, you question our legal system. I'm just saying human court is tainted by sin. But what we see here is at this time, now listen, have you ever seen, I just mentioned, you'd watch a court case and here's all this evidence and the person's found not guilty even though you got all this evidence. And then the other people cry, that's unfair, that's unjust. And, and maybe they have a, a case there that it's unfair. But I want to tell you, in this great white throne judgment, not a single person that's going to be judged are going to be able to cry, unfair, unfair. It's not right. It's not right. You're not going to be able to do that. Because every sinner, the sentence will know that they have received perfect and fair judgment. I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Now, let me talk about this person on the throne. The person uh, that you see on the throne. Now, the Bible tells us, there's many scriptures for time's sake, you understand I'm condensing things, but the Bible tells us that this throne is occupied by a person. But however, in that particular portion, his identity was not revealed. But other scriptures and other places tell us who is on the throne. And when you can study through there, you're going to find out that, the, that God... Reserve judgment for His Son. His Son. Now think about that. That Jesus has been given the authority for judgment. Now there's different verses. I didn't, I didn't put these in everything, but you can look at John 5.22. Uh, you can look at uh, Acts chapter 10, 2 Timothy 4. There's, there's a lot of other verses. But I want you to know that when you stand before at the great white throne, throne judgment, you are going to see the very marks in the hand of Jesus Christ, you're going to see Him as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. You're going to see that and you're going to be very aware of who it is that's judging you. You're going to see that. 
Scripture's clear on these things. His presence is so terrible and powerful that even the heavens and earth flee before Him. Boy, that's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. Now, the Bible tells us that there was no place for the heavens and the earth to hide from this judgment. Pretty interesting to me. There's no pretending. I want you to know that there's justice to be given at the great white throne. Look at verse number 12. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Look at verse 13. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell were delivered up. Now you see here a picture of justice. Let's, let's look at who's going to be appearing in this courtroom. Man. He said, I saw the, the dead both small and great. Y'all see that in verse 12? Small and great. Now, when a person's dead, I mean, you know, they're dead. Their social status doesn't matter anymore. But what he's revealing here is that people, you think about that. You, you got you, All these people are, are dead people. Okay? These people who died. But not only is it talking about a physical death, we're talking about a group of people who never passed from death into life. This judgment is a judgment of the dead, which lets me know it's not talking about saved people here. Because saved people have passed from death into life, and they have eternal life. This is a group of people who didn't have eternal life. Uh, there's a verse of Scripture we can look at, if you would. In John chapter 5, in John chapter 5, look at verse number 24. In John chapter 5 and uh, verse number 24, and I notice what the Scripture says. Verily, verily, I say unto you, now these are the words of Christ, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Notice this. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. So if you've been saved by the grace of God today, you have passed condemnation. You don't live under that condemning nature of God anymore. You passed from death unto life. Man, somebody say amen right there. You don't have a death sentence on you anymore. You have a life sentence given to you. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. We have been given eternal, abundant life through the blood of the Lamb, and we can never lose that or be dead again forever. Hallelujah. Boy, I'm glad. Listen, I'm not trying to offend anybody here today, but I'm not going to apologize that you came to a Baptist church. Okay? Listen, I'm glad I don't have to work my way to heaven, Lord, in mercy. I'd never get there because I failed Him every day. I'm not getting to heaven based on my merit. I'm going to heaven based on the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary. Amen. Now, you can try to work your way and do all this stuff. And listen, I, I couldn't sleep at night. If I knew I had to work my way to heaven, because I'd be wondering, where did I mess up today? Or where did I go wrong? And how can I fix it? I couldn't have any peace in my life. But I thank God on the day that I got saved, the peace of God that passeth all understanding uh, indwelt me. And listen, there's a lot of things I fall short of. And there's a lot of areas in my Christian life that I fail in Him. But I do know this, that I am saved and I'm on my way to heaven. Can't nobody take it away from me. Amen. But this judgment I'm reading, it's not talking about them people. No, it's talking about people that are dead. They're dead. What are you talking about, preacher? We're talking about spiritual death. Meaning there was people that died without Christ as their Savior. They're dead. Not just in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. I'll show you another verse. In Ephesians chapter number 2. 
uh, you can look there with me in Ephesians chapter 2, or you can read the verse uh, on the screen. But notice what the Bible says. And you, and it's written to Christian people, hath he quickened. The word quickened means to make alive. You hath he made alive who were, before you got saved, what's that word? Dead. You were dead in your trespasses and sin. But because you came to Christ, you were made alive. That's what quicken means, made alive. People who die without Christ, they're dead. This is who that judgment is for. Now, I want you to know that it, this in, this, this in, it includes all the spiritually dead. I want you to see that God raises their bodies from their tombs. If we want to be technical about it, there is two resurrections. There's a resurrection unto life. Are y'all with me today? There are two resurrections in the Bible. There's a resurrection unto life for those who are saved. But I see here a resurrection of the dead. Do y'all not see that? And nobody's left out. We're talking about the, the, the sea gave up their dead. And then, then, I don't know if you could saw this, but hell. You see, people who die without Christ right now, they go to a place called hell. And I understand terminology, and I'm guilty of, of, of using cliche sayings. We say, you know, if you die, you know, you're going to go to hell and spend eternity. Well, that's half true. If you die right now, you're going to go to hell, but you're not going to spend eternity in hell. Y'all with me? Don't look at me like a calf looking at a new gate. Did y'all not read that death and hell is going to be delivered up? So a person who dies right now and goes to hell, they're going to be brought out of hell to face this judgment. Are y'all with me? And at this judgment, as you're going to see later in the verses, that those who were brought up as dead out of whatever state they were in, notice we're talking about death and hell, they are going to be cast into a lake of fire. Now, I've read about hell, and I can't even say I understand it all, but it didn't sound too good what I read about it. Huh? It didn't sound too good. When the, when the rich man died, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments and the flames, that don't sound good to me. But I tell you what, what sounds worse than that is to be taken from that and, and listen, you imagine all them people that are in hell that's been there for thousands of years screaming for some kind of relief. And then they do get a moment of relief. And they stand before a righteous God in the great white throne judgment. And whatever little bit of reprieve they had, whatever little bit of relief, it's just for a moment. Because they're going to be judged. And then the Bible says they're going to be bound hand and foot and cast into a lake of fire. Things don't get better, dear friend. They get worse. These people that appear in get this great white throne judgment. Nobody's left out. He said, I saw the dead, both small and great. What is he talking about there? He's talking about from the king to the beggar. To the one who had all the money in the world, to the poorest person in the world, to the general of the armies, to the foot soldiers, to the infantry, to, to the airmen, to, to, to those who be out on the seas, to the master, to the slave, to, to the borrower, to the lender. 
Everybody's going to stand before God at this judgment. And those who are not saved, they stand before Him. None are going to escape. And they're all going to face the righteous judge at the day of judgment. But can I add a little bit more to this? He says, I saw dead both small and great. I mean, whoever the greatest you would think in society is, as far as they got all the money and they got all this, that, and the other. If they don't have Christ, they're going to be standing there. But can I tell you this? This is where it kind of gets a little hitting home. Man, there's going to be preachers standing there. There's going to be deacons standing there. There's going to be Sunday school teachers standing there. There's going to be people who sang in a choir, who taught the children, who worked around the church. There's going to be not only the low life of society, the bum and the beggar and the, and the drunks laying out in the, in the gutters. Not only them, but those who looked nice on Sunday, who smelled nice and had nice clothes. You see, when we get to heaven, social, or we get to this judgment, social status don't matter. The only thing that matters at this time is whether you know the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're not going to be able to hide from the fact of whether you do or don't because the books are going to be opened. There's documents used. And I don't have, I'm not even going to pretend to tell you that I know everything about all this because I don't. But what I do know gets my attention. It gets my attention. What are you talking about, preacher? Look with me, if you would, in John chapter 12. And when you find John 12, look with me in verse number 48. Once again, the words of Christ. Jesus said this, He that rejecteth me... And receiveth not my words, hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. There's a judgment that's coming. And the only reason you're going to face that judgment is because you rejected Jesus Christ. Preacher, how do you know that? Well, did you not just hear what we just read? He's very clear about it. Not because you had this sin in your life or you did this or you did it. No, because you rejected the words of Christ. That's what puts you in that place of judgment. I don't know all the books that are going to be used that day. and I just know what the Bible tells me. That there was, the books were open and another book was open. Now, I can tell you about the books that I, that I know that it's referenced to. And I know that, that the Bible, the very Bible. Are you listening to me? This very Bible that we hold in our hand, the one that people mock, the one that people scoff at, this very Word of God, this book that contains God's eternal Word, the things out of this book in comparison to our life, every sermon that you ever heard, for you were instructed by the Word of God to live this way and, and act this way and, and walk this way and talk this way and, and do this and do that. By the Word of God. Every instruction from the Word of God that we rejected. Think about that. And the most important one being Jesus calling sinners to Himself. 
The Bible. I believe the Bible. I believe the Bible is a part of the judgment. I really do. Because it is the words of God. I believe also. Well, when you read Revelation 20, verse number 12. When you read down through there, it says that the dead, the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. I believe there's a book of deeds. Because they're judged out of the books according to their works. A book of deeds. Can you imagine in heaven a recording being maintained of, of all the deeds done by all of mankind? That'd take a few books, wouldn't it? I don't know how many, but he said the books is plural, more than one. Every deed that's been done, both good and evil, are going to be mentioned at that judgment. Isn't that amazing? All is going to be brought out into the open on that day. You know, there's things that we get pretty good at hiding. <laughs> but on that day, we're not going to be hiding it. It's going to be brought out. All the things that you wouldn't want people even right now to know about you, God already knows it. And one of these days, if you don't get your life right, come to Christ. Listen, think about that. I'm talking about a judgment for the lost right now. A great white throne judgment. And He's not just going to say, hey, you're lost and you're going to the lake of fire. No, He's going to judge you according to those works. You're going to be made very aware of your life's condition. Before you're cast into a lake of fire. Now we could say a lot more about that. and I, I, I'm not going to chase all those rabbits. But I mean, I'm talking about a book of deeds. There are sins of commissions. Sins of omission. Flagrant sins. Secret sins. Sins of the heart. Sins of the mind. However, however you want to call it. It's all going to be brought out on that day. A man can either choose to stand on his own record and face God in his sins. Or he can come to Jesus and have his record expunged by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because here's what I do know, that the blood of Christ cleanseth us from all sin. And if you're saved, you're not going to have to worry about anything I'm talking about right now. But those books are going to be open. I don't know all the details of all, but I know there's a, there's a book that contains all the deeds. And then, let me show you another one. Uh, look with me in uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Look at verse number 5. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. It says, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not, I will not, notice this, blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and his angels. Notice this book of life. A book of life. There's a Lamb's book of life. Uh, look at Revelation chapter 17, please. And I know we're, but I want you to see scriptures, not just take my word. Revelation 17, verse 8. And Revelation 17, verse 8 says, The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bombless pit and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life. From the foundation of the world, when they when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. Notice it talks about once again. Do you see there a book of life? Do you see that? Scripture mentions that book of life. 
Look with me uh, in Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter 10. Just hang on with me. I, I want your imagination. Just hang on with me. Luke chapter 10. Uh, look at verse number 20 when you find your place there. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, let me ask you, where do you think they're written at? In that book of life that we just read about. In this particular story, remember how Jesus had sent out the disciples and he gave them authority to cast out demons and so forth. And they came back after a period of time and they were all excited. They, they said, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. Hey, we were able to cast out demons in your name. We were able to heal some sick people in your name. I mean, they were like all excited about it. You know what Jesus said? In this, rejoice not. He said, that's nothing to get excited about. He said, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Now, why is that important? Well, you study in Matthew, you know what you're going to find? There's going to be people that are going to stand at the judgment of God and they're going to say, Lord, in thy name, we did all these wonderful works. We cast out devils. We healed the sick. We did all these things. And he's going to say, depart from me for I never knew you. Don't rejoice over the good you're doing. You need to rejoice that your name is written in the book of life, dear friend. Let's hymn this up. Let's, let's bring it to a close today. This final judgment. <clears throat> I mentioned just then those verses in Matthew. But I see here in Revelation chapter 20. Whosoever, verse 15, was not found written in the book of life. Was cast into the lake of fire. Would you give me one more minute of your time? I'm done. I'm closing everything up. Here's the crux of the message. Listen to me. Please listen to me. Here's the crux. Everything that John was seeing was future tense. Hadn't happened yet. John got a glimpse into the future. He said, I saw this. Can we take it a step further? That John literally saw people standing at this great white throne. He literally, he wasn't reading pages. His, these pages we read are the vision that he saw. And he saw these people in the future. Here's my question as I close this. Did John see you at that great white throne judgment? Is it possible that he saw your face? We're talking about a future event. It hadn't happened yet. But yeah, he saw people. And he was able to distinguish if they were great people, small people in society. Did John see you there? Is your heart ready to meet the Lord? If not... There's no other better. There's no better day than today. And then, and then the second part of closing is this: If you are saved, get busy serving Him.
get concerned about lost souls. Let's live how God would want us to live. Let's bow our heads if you would. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. We're going to have what we call a verse of invitation. Listen, the last thing I would ever, knowing what I know scripturally, the last thing I would ever want is to be a lost person who just sat in a service like this and heard this message and walk away out of here without Christ when the truth was presented as clearly as it could be. If you walk out of here rejecting Christ, And you stand before the Lord at a white throne judgment. And you say, Lord, I went to church. He says, yeah, I've got it written down on this date. Yeah, you went to church and you heard a great message with a gospel plan presented. And yet you still rejected me. Mm, 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 mm. I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody here. I wouldn't. I don't think there's a member of this church that would want that to happen. If you're here today and you need the Lord as your Savior, in just a moment we're going to sing. If you step out and take that first step, I promise you the Lord will help you take every other step. And I'll take a Bible and show you how you can leave out of here with your sins forgiven. I'll do that. If there's any other needs represented, we have a God in heaven who can meet our needs. Let's do what He would have us to do. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to stand and preach the Word of God in the manner in which we did today. And I do pray, Lord, for anyone that's here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that conviction would fall and they would come to you in faith and repentance. Lord, I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that it won't fall on deaf ears today. Bless this time. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand to our feet.